0: Okay, hi, you guys are listening to Melody Schumann Breaks It Down. My name is Melody Schumann and I am going to be your host for today. This is my seventh podcast episode and it is on one of my favorite topics, talking about prompting good behavior. Now, I do have some notes that I took last night when I was working out the details to this podcast, uh, but really I'm going to be also speaking a lot from the heart because I, I want to talk to you about... Some really good firsthand experiences on how to work with children in a positive way. Now, this podcast and this topic, it's for parents, teachers, coaches, and martial arts instructors. But today, just so that I'm not constantly labeling uh, each one of those categories, I'm just going to say teacher. Because if you're a parent, your goal still is to teach your children how to learn and grow effectively. And of course, coaches and martial arts instructors, we are teachers as well. So what I want to talk to you about, again, is being proactive uh, with children, uh, helping them learn in a positive uh, versus negative manner. And that's, at least that's my approach on working with children. I think it, it gives you a lot, a lot less stress. Uh, it makes you feel better about yourself. It helps you develop great relationships uh, with children. And it, it's just in the, today's society with so many negative things out there in the media, this is, in my personal opinion, the way to go. There was this uh, uh, professor, his name was Douglas McGregor, and he said that there was uh, several methods for uh, approaching behavior as it pertains to children, and uh, these two types of behavior are called Theory X and Theory Y, and uh, each one of these includes a very different assumption on how you're supposed to approach behavior. Uh, So, for example... Theory X people, basically, they demonstrate many beliefs, uh, including the belief that discipline should come from the top down and that all people beneath must follow according or be reprimanded for their actions or lack thereof. Uh, And he believed that this theory is really inadequate of full development of human behavior, especially when it pertains to children. So people who have this theory X assumption, uh, they, they assume the following things. They assume that the average child doesn't like good behavior and they'll avoid it at all, all costs. He uh, also thinks that people like who follow the theory X uh, assumptions feel, assume that the average child wishes to avoid responsibilities. Um, and that because children have a natural dislike uh, for good behavior and responsibility, they must be coerced. Uh, they must be controlled, directed. Or threatened with punishment in order to establish discipline and you know this these kinds of theories this is how people in I would say the 50s and 60s approach behavior but society has changed and yes really some parents got off the deep end for a long time we heard a lot about helicopter parenting and overparenting and things but I think with the media and the way that people are communicating and sharing their experiences especially in the last two years uh, that has changed Now the other theory that McGregor discovered is that you have your theory why people. These people are more consistent with building good behavior and responsibility with the average child. Uh, People that fall into this category, they're considered motivators, uh, leaders, and goal-oriented educators. And the central principle on theory why assumption is based on leading others to success through consistent direction and collaboration. So theory three y followers they can transform most behaviors into a positive one without the need for consistent threats or punishments so theory y people they fall under a, a couple of assumptions the first assumption is the average child likes the feeling of uh, likes the feeling of good discipline and me being a martial arts instructor for the last twenty years, I wholeheartedly agree with this. When I say to my students, "Let's see you can sit like a black belt," you should see the look on the kids' faces when they when they race to cr- cross their legs, put their hands on their knees, stick their chest out, and sit really strong. They really like it and they embrace it. Uh, Thirty white people. They also believe work on the assumption that the development of Physical and mental growth is a natural process in children. It's not something that happens overnight. And uh, negative approaches to discipline only make children dislike the concept of good behavior. But at the same time, positive approaches reinforce the child's motivation to have good behavior. Uh, They also assume that children would become more responsible if they have clear guidelines to follow on a consistent basis. And All that follows under one of the parenting skills or teaching skills uh, that I refer to as prompting and prompting is basically setting your children up for making good behavior choices now there's five different ways that you can prompt good behavior uh, based on my experience and my five favorite ways that I'm going to share with you so the first way to prompt good behavior is the good old fashioned rewarding right So let's say that you have a child who has a very unique rhythm. Uh, When you go to the movie theaters, he's got ants in his pants, and he wiggles around his seat a lot and likes to get up and likes to interrupt. But uh, he knows that he's... he's, He's supposed to sit down and show respect for the other kids in the movie theater. And he wants to sit still and he wants to show respect, but sometimes it just gets a little bit out of line. This re- this is a great opportunity to reward your child if they do make good behavior choices while you're watching a movie. So saying something like, listen, Johnny, remember where we talked about sitting really still during the movie theater and trying not to interrupt other people or make loud noises that are disruptive to other people? So what I want to do is if you do very well today, I'll let you pick where we go for dessert after the movie something very simple like that um, if you're a teacher and you have children that sometimes have ants and pants in class and you say listen we have a very important activity that we're going to be covering right now so for the next 15 minutes whoever listens the best or sits the best or pays, or puts forth the best effort whatever it is uh, you get to pick the game that we play at recess or you get to pick a game that we're going to play in class You could do the same thing in the martial arts classroom, setting them up by using a reward. Okay, whoever's the loudest, the strongest, the sharpest today gets to pick the game that we play at the end of class. So prompting good behavior with the good old-fashioned reward is prompt uh, strategy number one. Strategy number two is what I like to call challenge versus punishment. This one's a lot of fun, uh, especially if you're a parent. You can try this at home. Let's say that you struggle with getting Johnny ready uh, for getting him into a routine before you have dinner. Uh, let's say that he doesn't you, forgets to wash his hands. You know, he does not cleaning up his toys, and he's playing on his iPad before we, you have dinner. And you want to try to get him into a good routine. You could do something like, "Okay, Johnny, I challenge you. In the next five minutes, if you can pick up all your toys." clean your hands and put your iPad away where it belongs and go sit at the dinner table within the next five minutes, I'll do 10 push-ups for you. Make it a fun little challenge like that. Uh, We do it in our martial arts class a lot where we'll challenge them and say, all right, we're going to do our warm-ups. And if everybody tries really hard and answers up really loud, then when you're done with the warm-ups, I'll do 10 push-ups. And even as a teacher, you can do that. You can challenge them. Listen, if everybody follows along and nobody gets a red card or a bad mark, uh, during the next, and you gotta make it attainable, right? Uh, during the next 15, 30 minutes, I'll do 10 jumping jacks. Uh, because you, you know, kids love to see adults suffer and they think that push-ups or jumping jacks or any kind of exercise is your way of suffering and i don't mean it that they think they want to see you suffer in a devious way it's just that when you suffer you do push-ups or you do in jacks it, it humanizes you and it puts you more on their level that's why they think it's so funny when when uh people get hit in and cartoons they think it's really funny especially like the adults are the ones in charge it humanizes you and makes you a little bit more at that level so challenge versus punishment is the prompting skill number two that I really love to use uh, with children. Uh, The next one is uh, using examples. Uh, So prompting good behavior by pointing out other people who are behaving the right way. Uh, So we'll start backwards. We'll start, for example, in my martial arts class. If I see uh, one student wiggling, and I really want him to sit legs crossed, hands on his knees uh, at that moment because I'm explaining how to do a drill, and when he starts to wiggle and look around, he's not paying attention to the lessons, I will use an example right next to Johnny. So I'll say, I love how Peter is sitting legs crossed, hands on his knees. Johnny, can you sit just like him? So giving him a great example to follow, uh, especially if there's somebody relatable to their age. Uh, they they definitely are more, uh, they use mirror neurons to children closer to their age. So if you're putting out good examples, that helps them follow along uh, accordingly. So, for example, if you're a parent... And you're out at dinner and you look over, scope the restaurant, see if you can see a kid who's sitting well, who has good manners and point them out. I like how that kid over there, I love how she's sitting. She's sitting nice and quiet. See, she has her napkin in her lap and she's being very respectful for dinner. So using that as an example for your child to follow along. Uh, Even the teacher in the classroom, the same thing. And uh, is pointing out somebody who's listening, who raises their hands, and using them as an example. Now, I, I caution you if you're a teacher or a martial arts instructor, when you're pointing out examples, try not to use the same kid, other student, um, or child every time. Because you don't want to have those teacher's pets, um, because you're always going to have those anomalies. And if you're constantly pointing out the same uh, child in class, it, it can be a little frustrating for the students who don't quite have those same behavioral skills just yet. So try to mix it up. And another thing is, is to try to catch them when they are leading by good example. So let's say that you, your child is one who's typically very wiggly, and very hyper during dinner. Uh, catch him when he is sitting still because there's got to be one small fraction of a second uh, when Johnny is sitting still at dinner. Catch him at that perfect time and say, this is the perfect example of how I like you behaving when we're at dinner. Or the same thing if you're a teacher in class and you have that one little kid who's super hyper in his seat. Catch him when he's sitting still and say, this is the perfect example of how i like you to behave in class. Same thing in the martial arts classroom. Catch him when they're standing still. Catch him when they're sitting still. This is my perfect example uh, or my perfect skill for prompting, which is needed by example. That's skill number three. Um, skill number four is also one of my favorite strategies. They're all my favorite strategies. Let's just get that out, is, uh, using external role models, uh, and, and tapping into their emotions to, to extrinsically motivate them. Uh, so again, I'm going to use my martial arts class as an example. One time when I had my five and six year olds tr- training in class and it was a full moon and, uh, I believe in full moons because I've worked with children for 20 years and just, there are some days where they're just, Their rhythm is definitely off. And in this one particular day, all the kids, their rhythm was really off. And I just stopped the kids, and I stopped class, and I asked all the kids to huddle up in really closely. And I whispered to them, I said, you guys, you're making me look bad when you're wiggling all over the place. See, your parents are watching me, and I want your parents to be really proud of me. So can you guys make me look good by standing feet together, hands by your side? And it worked. It worked so well that when one student started wiggling a little bit, one of my other students tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, you're making Master Melody look bad. So using extrinsic motivation, extrinsic role models, to help prompt good behavior. Uh, If they're young kids, you can even get in to use their imagination. Uh, For example, saying, what would Batman do right now? Would Batman be misbehaving? Would Batman cry because he didn't get ice cream? Uh, Or even if you're a teacher in class, you know, using sports heroes, especially during the Olympics, you know, Michael Phelps was the big uh, person that everybody was really cheering for because he won more gold medals. You know, would Michael Phelps be wiggling at his desk right now? Uh, he, although Michael Phelps did have ADD and he probably was but, like, you don't have to tell your kids that though but again using extrinsic motivators to help prompt good behavior is my skill number four now skill number five is using intrinsic motivation the hierarchy of intrinsic motivation is basically when they choose to make good behavior choices uh, that are beyond their normal expectations and let me give you a perfect example of how this happens in my martial arts class. Uh, one time I, I tried it out because I read it in a book and I wish I could reference the book right now. Uh, but I have so many things going on in my head that I can't. So I apologize for that. But I, what I did is I said, okay, class, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to do 10 push-ups. But if you want to be a black belt, I want you to do 20 push-ups. But if you want to be a master, I want you to do 30 push-ups. But if you want to make me and your parents proud, I want you to do 40 push-ups. But if you want to really go all out and push yourself and see how strong you are and make yourself proud, I want you to do 50 push-ups right now. And it was amazing the amount of kids that did 50 push-ups. Almost every single kid did 50 push-ups, except for one kid. I remember the day. I was in my core skills class, and it was like eight years ago, nine years ago. It was my little buddy Nathan, and Nathan only did 20 push-ups. And he stood up after he did 20 push-ups. Everybody else did 50. And when I went over to him, I said, Nathan, what's up? Why don't you only do 20 push-ups? And he goes, ma'am, I just want to get to my black belt. And it was the coolest, cutest thing. But the concept is a hierarchy of intrinsic motivation. So you can use it as a challenge, for example, at home that says, okay, listen, kids, you got 15 minutes to clean up your room and get ready for bed. But if you want to make me proud, let's see if you can do it in 10 minutes. But if you are a rock star, awesome child of the year, I want you to do it in five minutes. And letting them choose to do it beyond what the normal expectations are, you're going to help them uh, extend their effort towards making good behavior choices. Now, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Remember that the way children's brains work is they don't have this manual that they can reference every single time to know what the right behavior choices are. That's why prompting is so great because as you prompt them to make good behavior choices, their brain starts to wire in these good behavior choices and they become normal habits. If you're paying attention today, you're seeing that there's a lot of studies going on about the brain and neuroplasticity, which means that the brain is actually moldable. So even if you have a child who tends to lean towards making poor behavior choices, by utilizing these five prompting strategies, you can essentially help your child rewire his or her brain to start to make better behavior choices. So really quickly, let's review them one more time. Prompting skills, skill number one is the old, good old-fashioned, offer them a reward. Good, uh, prompting skill number two is using challenge versus punishment. Challenging them to make good behavior choices and then if they win the challenge you have to do something like you have to do exercises. That's just the easiest way to one to do. Uh, prompting skill number three is pointing out other examples or catching them when they're leading by good example making good behavior choices. Prompting skill number four is using external role models and motivators to help them make good behavior choices. Asking them, what would Batman do? Uh, Making sure that you make me look good. Making me proud. You know, tapping into external motivators. Uh, Prompting skill number five is intrinsic motivation giving them a hierarchy of making good choices giving them a a bottom line quote to meet but uh also trying to prompt them to beat that uh choice by giving them even harder choices you know the example is clean your room in 15 minutes but if you want to make me proud do it in 10 but if you're a real rack star let's have you do it in five so that's my podcast episode today episode number seven on prompting good behavior thank you guys and stay tuned for more